Hi everybody, welcome to episode 7 of the Clown Chat Podcast. This is uh, just a quick solo episode here with uh, with Jacob. Um, we're going to be discussing my uh, latest mock draft and uh, just giving you my thoughts on uh, where every team's going to go. So, uh, for sponsors, we are sponsored by per36.com. Um, best basketball analytics website on the internet. And uh, you can check out the article, latest article they've got on there on uh, LeBron James and in in his first Cavs stint and whether they accelerated their uh, rebuilding process too, too, too fast. And a uh, little spoiler, spoiler alert, it might involve a former... Uh, a former teammate of his with his current team. So I, I recommend checking that out. And we're also sponsored by uh, Show Off Training. Uh, check out Show Off Training, the podcast on all podcast platforms. I was on there uh, over the weekend. Um, had a great time doing that. And I highly recommend checking that out. You can also check out uh, you know, Facebook Live sessions and all sorts of other products that they've got. So uh, yeah, definitely check out... Uh, Definitely get check out Show Off Training, Training with Purpose. And now on to the episode. So this is just going to be a quick one, I think. I'm just going to kind of go through my latest NFL mock draft. We are 10, I guess, technically now I'm recording uh, early Tuesday morning. So we are nine days away from the NFL draft. And I cannot wait. I am so excited. Um, I've never been more excited for a draft just with all the different things. You've got a generational quarterback prospect at the top. You've got a ton of quarterbacks that we don't know where they're going to go. There's all the intrigue there. There's That's going to lead to position players getting pushed down. It's just it's just going to be a lot of fun. And uh, as a team, a fan of a team who's right going to be right in the center of it, I am really looking forward to this and you know, I could be setting myself up for disappointment, but I hope not. So let's go through the picks. So uh, first overall, you know who I got. It, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence to the Jags. Um, we all know that's what's going to happen. You know, they add the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck at least. So it's, uh, yeah, that's an obvious one. Um, congrats, Jaguars fans, on that. <laughs> um, number two to the Jets, we got Zach Wilson. Um Again, pretty much a no-brainer at this point. This, this seems to be definitely where they're going to go. Um, number three to the 49ers. They obviously traded up for a quarterback. The question is which quarterback. I've got Mac Jones here. You know, we, we do know who the first two picks are going to be. I'm going to choose to believe all of the reporting. Because I really don't think, and they even kind of indicated this, uh, Shanahan did. Like, I really don't think there's much of a point in them smoke screening a whole lot. So I do think if there is another option that could go here, just thinking through it logically, I think if it's not Jones, it's going to be Trey Lance because of the whole like we're keeping Garoppolo thing. Because they're keeping Garoppolo, I think there's a possibility that this is this is Lance. But I'm going to believe the reporting, and I'm going to say Mac Jones here to San Francisco. Um, number four, we have a trade. 
we have our first trade. And this is probably not what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, oh, who's, who's coming up here to get, get the quarterback? Well, they're actually, it's actually something a little bit different. Is Miami coming up here and trading pick 6 and 50? And they're going to get pick 4 in return. And this is, they're going to take Kyle Pitts at number 4. And so let me go through, you know, I, I have to give credit where credit's due first. I saw that um, Mel Kuyper had a trade similar to this. I think he had it a little bit different. I chose to for, for Miami to give the, the pick this year just because uh, they've got a lot of picks this year. But um, So I'm going to... I, I kind of, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of that a little bit. And the logic is, if you're Miami, I think you traded, and you've even started hearing reports today that they're looking at trading down, right? So I think they they want Kyle Pitts. I, I think that's clear. Maybe that they would be happy with Chase, but they want that pass catcher for, you know, Tua. And... It seems like they want, and, and I think Kyle Pitts is easily the best non-quarterback in the draft, so I get why. You know, I think it makes a lot of sense for them. Um, you know, you hear the reports today that they might trade down, and it seems like that's going to be something they consider if Pitts and Chase are not on the board. Um, I think they want those two guys. Yeah, they, you know, Sue will be there, and they could go Waddle or... Devontae Smith or whoever, but they, what they really want is Kyle Pitts, especially. And, you know, Kyle Pitts could fall to Miami. Atlanta could, could deal this to a quarterback needy team. They could go quarterback as well. But I think what gives Atlanta the leverage here, and people are going to say, oh, why is why is nobody coming up here for Justin Fields? Why is nobody coming up here for Trey Lance? Why is Atlanta not just sticking and making this big? This deal happens because... Miami wants Kyle Pitts. And they can still say, you know, we lose pick 50 this year. But we still get that extra first down the road. We still get a three next year. So I still think you're coming out ahead. And you essentially move one spot down. It's not ideal, but I think it's workable. Especially if you want this player. You are still coming out a little bit ahead. And uh, just that leverage point of Atlanta being able to say, um, and they could say this with the quarterbacks too, but I think, I do think if Atlanta sticks it for their picking pits. So I think they're going to look at this and they're going to be able to hold this over the Dolphins. And, um, and I think, I think from a trading down standpoint, I think Atlanta is going to look at the offers they're going to get from New England, from Washington from Chicago, maybe, from any of the teams possibly looking to move up. And they're going to say, you know, maybe Denver gets involved. And they're going to say, well, then Denver's the wild card. Denver's the wild card. But let's pretend that Denver's not involved for a second. I'll get to Denver. Let, let's pretend that, you know, those are the teams that, and they're further down the draft. And Atlanta's looking at these offers and be like, hmm, you know, they're good. But it's not like what the um, what Miami got. Not like what the Niners paid. They're good offers. But you know what? If I can do this first, and I can market six, because we know quarterback's not going five. If we can market six, 
then those offers might be a little bit more palatable in number six. So ultimately, that's what pushes this deal to happen. And that's what pushes Coppets going number four to the Dolphins. Number five, Cincinnati. They're going to go with, uh, I think this is a pretty no-brainer pick at this point. Um, they're going to go with Jamar Chase. And you might be thinking, well, why not Why not Sewell? Why not offensive line? And I'll just say that um, I think Joe. the fact that Joe Burrow wants him matters. I think they could use an elite receiver um, to, to build their passing game around. And I think... The thing about the Bengals is, yes, they need offensive line help, but I think they need it at guard more than anything. I mean, you have Jonah Williams and Riley Reef at tackle. So I don't know that you need to to draft Sewell. Um, you know, you'd be kicking one of those guys into guard, which seems a little excessive. So, I mean, you could do that. but And the thing is, the receivers... Um, Later on, you know, they're good players, but, you know, I wouldn't say they're going to be a number one like Chase. So you take Chase here. I think it's pretty much a no-brainer at this point. Number six, we got another deal. Atlanta trading down again. And this is going to be Washington. This is going to be Washington coming up. They're going to send 1951-82 and their 2022 first round pick. In exchange for number six. And with that pick though. Washington's going to get Trey Lance. To be their franchise quarterback. And this is you know. For Washington this is basically. You know they bring their guy in. Um, you sit him behind Fitzpatrick for a year. And then 2022. You've got Trey Lance on a rookie contract. <laughs> you've got Terry. Is your quarterback. You've got Terry McLaurin. On a rookie contract, he's your top receiver. You've got Chase Young on a rookie contract still. I mean, this is a Washington team that if Trey Lance is in it, they're not going to miss that pick next year at all. They're going to have a lot of flexibility to build a scary team if Trey Lance can play. So you make this move, you pair... And just long-term, even when they get paid, you know, long-term parent, a quarterback, a potential franchise quarterback, along with that franchise defensive player in Chase Young, look out. Washington's going to be good for a long time. Yeah, it, yeah, it hurts, and yeah, it's going to hurt them to not be able to fill some need. You know, they could use a linebacker on defense. They, they certainly need a left tackle um, to protect whoever the quarterback is, and this probably prevents them from getting a, their left tackle situation figured out for a couple of years. But, you know what's harder to get than a left tackle? A franchise quarterback. So, you got to make this move, I think. And I have heard that they like Trey Lance a lot, and they're willing to, you know, give up a lot for him. So, and then obviously if you're Atlanta, this is the big trade down, right? This is, oh, you're all the way down to 19. But I think this works for them because they need defense. And there's going to be a lot of defensive players who go to the middle of the first round range. Not many in the top 10. 
the middle of the first round range, you can really start to get defense, and then you've got flexibility next year, you've got picks this year, you've just got a lot of assets now. If you're Atlanta, you know, you'll see what I have them doing later, but, um, you know, just, just moving down for all of this capital, I think makes sense, and then you can build from there. Um, you know, they could be a good team quick with Matt Ryan if they if they really feel some needs. Um, so number seven, we've got another quarterback trade, and this is going to be the last quarterback off the board. So we have the New England Patriots dealing up and the Lions moving back. Patriots get pick seven, Lions get 15, 2022 first, 139, and they also get a player and receiver Nikhil Harry. Now the logic behind this is this. I saw the value from, approximate value from a mock draft I saw from the uh, ringer. And that was uh, Danny Kelly from the ringer. Um, this was uh, 15, 2022 20, first, and 96. So I was trying to get creative here and um, I included Harry because Detroit needs receiver help. It's not a secret. So, you know, you're rebuilding. Why not take a flyer on a guy who was a first-round pick a couple years ago? See if he can be a change of scenery candidate. See if he can play a little better. See if he can establish himself. Um, you know, if you don't draft a receiver, then you, you play. I think I think with the Detroit moving back here, we'll see what happens. But, um. I think they're moving back hoping that maybe they can still get Smith or Waddle at 15. I mean, if they can, then you just plug them in and Harry can compete with the veterans they brought in. But, you know, I just think adding somebody like that to be a genius here again, it makes some sense. So I valued him at around, um, you know, I, I gave up 139 instead of 96, and that kind of values Harry at around a fourth rounder. So I just thought that that, uh, that made some sense. And obviously for the, the Patriots end of this, this is all about the quarterback. You've got to replace Tom Brady long-term. They never really did last year, and they they really couldn't. I mean, they didn't have the means to do it, but now they got the means to do it. And this is going to be a, this is a big moment. And, you know, I have Justin Fields ranked higher than this draft slot. I have him ranked as my number two quarterback. I have... Lawrence 1, Fields 2, Wilson 3, Jones 4, Lance 5. So, if I'm right, the Patriots are going to be a nightmare for everybody else because you're going to have the GOAT coach now with a developing star quarterback. And that's a scary thought for the league. So that's that. Um, number 8, Carolina. Um... I think this is another team that would be very open to moving back. But in this scenario, the trades have already happened. And they've got Panay Sewell sitting on the board who happens to fill a massive need for them at left tackle. So I think this is definitely the pick. You pick Sewell, you protect Sam Darnold. I think this draft is going to be about giving, for Caroline, it's going to be about giving Darnold a chance. And that's really what I see them, uh, you know, really targeting here. Um, they they want to give him, you know, protection. They want to maybe give him another target or two. 
I think that's going to be what it's about. So I I project Panay Sewell to Carolina at number eight. Number nine, Denver. Um, I want to, before I, I reveal Denver's pick, I want to get into the whole Denver quarterback thing and address that. So one thing I heard about Denver, and because I see them mocked all the time to trade up the floor and all this stuff, and I just want to give my thoughts. So I think... So the thing I heard about them is they're looking for competition for Drew Locke. So what does that mean? What that means to me is if, uh, you know, a prospect who's ready to play right away, like a Justin Fields or a Mac Jones, you know, if one of them slides to nine, I think I think Denver would happily stop the fall. I disagree with with, with Kuiper on this. I saw he had Fields mocked, you know, to a number ten trade up. I don't think Fields is getting by Denver. If 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 Denver Denver will stick and pick him, um, I I think Lance is a different story just because Lance isn't going to be ready to play next year. And again, if you want competition for Drew Locke, taking a guy who's not ready to play next year wouldn't seem to make a lot of sense, would it? So let me just say that what what that does not mean to me is it does not mean taking a guy like, guy like Lance who's not ready to play. And it does not mean giving up a bunch of extra picks to deal up to number four to, to, to get one of these quarterbacks. That's that's not what it means. Now, it would make a trade between, if Denver wanted to do that, it would be a pretty clean move because this is around the range, and you'll see in a second, this is around the range when the first defensive player is going to get picked. And, you know? It would make sense for Atlanta, you know, to be that team. So I get that. But I just don't think, you know, if Denver means competition, and, and really more than anything, competition for Drew Locke, doesn't that mean a, a veteran type like a Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, you've already got your developing young guy who has shown flashes. I mean, I know he didn't have a great year last year, but in 2019 down the stretch he showed flashes that he could be the guy for them so you know and and it's like the Giants seem all in on Daniel Jones this year and obviously this is a very big year for Daniel Jones but what has Daniel Jones shown that Drew Locke has not you know so and Jones probably been a, was a little better last was definitely better last year but like Locke might have been better the year before I mean I don't know like so I don't know if you if you make that kind of investment yet um I think the move that would make the most sense for Denver is trading a late rounder for Teddy Bridgewater he's a veteran their GM uh George Payton drafted him with the Vikings so making that kind of a move, and he's a steady venue. You know what you're going to get. He was not bad with the Panthers last year. He was not bad for them. You know, he did fine. So you know what you're going to get out of a guy like that. You bring him in. He's the known quantity. Locke is the unknown. And you let him compete. 
And then you have a floor, at least, with Bridgewater to where, you know, you can probably compete for a playoff spot with Bridgewater as a quarterback on that team. You know, that's a talented team. And um, so that that's just what I think is going to happen here. And in this case, all the quarterbacks are off the board. So I think, you know, Denver's just going to stick and pick. And um, they're going to get Micah Parsons here. Um they're two linebackers, you know, they're more run defenders, they're not like, you know, real true, they're, they're solid, but they're not really true impact players, and they're going to be free agents soon, I saw, so, you know, they get Parsons, he's a real cornerstone of their defense for the future, and, um, you know, Von Miller's getting older too, right, so it's an opportunity to really add a leader to that linebacker room, and, you know, to that defense, because, you know, obviously Parsons will grow into having the, you know, He'll be the he'll be the one receiving the plays in the huddle. He'll, he'll be the one doing that. So yeah, I think Parsons makes sense here for Denver, and you know it's probably an upset to not have to have him be the top defensive player on the board. But I just think the pick makes sense. Number ten, Dallas. Um, I have them taking Sertan, Patrick Sertan, the corner. This is pretty obvious. Dallas defense needs help. They need help, you know, defending the pass. They need another corner. They take the best one in the draft. Done deal. Um, number 11, Giants. Offensive line, Rashawn Slater. This is a perfect guy for the Giants. They took their left tackle at number four last year. But, you know, they could use another piece. And uh, and I know they probably have more confidence in their young linemen than everybody on the outside does. But they invest a lot in receiver to help Daniel Jones offseason. you got to make sure he's protected. And this gives the opportunity for them to, you know, if if the young guy they like at guard does really well, they can play Slater at tackle. If they play, if they like the young tackle, they play Slater at guard. You can move him around and, you know, he can be a high-impact blocker on that line so um they need pass rush as well but this is too early for a pass rusher so i think the move is you get slater now and then you look at pass rush in the second round so th this is like the perfect player i think for the giants to take number 12 eagles they're gonna get Devonte smith the receiver heisman trophy winner obviously had a great college career and um if you're the Eagles, you got to evaluate Jalen Hurts, see if he's your franchise quarterback, and, um, you know, reuniting him with his college teammate, Heisman Trophy winning receiver, seems like a pretty good way to do that. Um, they could go corner here. They could go with someone like J.C. Horn, but I just think, um, I just think you got to get, you got to see if Jalen Hurts is the guy, and, this helps you do that. Number 13, Chargers. Christian Darasaw, left tackle. This is all about protecting Herbert. I, I think this is a pretty simple thing for the Chargers. They're just going to... Uh, I think they're just going to pick the best left tackle available. If that's Slater, they'll be thrilled. And they play him there. Um... If it's Darisol, I think they'll take him. 
you just gotta got that's the franchise and you gotta protect it. Um, number, although I will say, I will say, Horn is not impossible here. So there's a couple of straight picks where Horn could go, and that kind of tells me he might be coming off the board soon. And you'll see what what happens here because at number fourteen we've got another trade. And it involves, shocker, it involves the Falcons again. They're moving all over the board. Trying to get the, the players that, that, that they need at good spots. And um, some good work by them here. They're going to deal 19 and 82. Obviously some of the uh, return they got from, from Washington. They're going to start to, you know, now that they got all the assets, they're going to start to aggressively, what you'll see from them again later too, they're going to start to aggressively, you know, target defensive players that can help make an impact and they're going to move up and get those guys with the with those assets and so 19 and 82 go to go to the vikings and 14 goes to the falcons and the vikings do this trade because they're thinking fast rush and it's you know maybe a little too early for that they could probably move back and do that so they're missing a second rounder with the uh Thanks to the Ngakwe trade that did not go well for them. So what do you do? You uh you recoup pick here and see what happens, you know, on on day two. So with this pick I've got Atlanta taking Horn, JC Horn, the corner. It makes a lot of sense for what they need. You know, defense, pass defense. Um, it'll be that shutdown guy on the outside for them and really start to turn that defense around. I also think, by the way, in in a scenario where the Patriots don't move up to take a, uh, obviously he goes one spot earlier, but if the Patriots don't move up to get a quarterback, I think Horn is a very, very distinct possibility for them if he's still there. Um, number fifteen, Detroit Lions. They are thrilled because they're able to move back get that extra first round pick next year and they still take a player that would have been considered at number seven um they're gonna get Jalen Waddle here and you know he is that guy who can again common theme here teams needing to evaluate the quarterback and you know the Lions need to evaluate Jared Goff you know can he be a future guy for them or with their now three number one picks next year, are they going and probable high pick on you know that they're gonna have themselves? Are they gonna need you know to go make a move for a quarterback? So you evaluate Jared Goff by giving him a guy like Waddle, who can really do a lot of things and and stress the defense and help you offensively. So this makes a lot of sense for them. Um, really, really good first round here so far by the Lions. Number number 16, Cardinals. They're going to take Caleb Farley in the corner. Um, Farley is a bit hard to figure out. He, I think, talent-wise, he's right there with the top, you know, couple of corners who already went. But he's got some health concerns. And... You know, I think a lot of people have him ranked a little bit lower because of that. But 
you have you have to understand it only takes one team to um to not really be con- you know to not lower him because of that and I'm gonna take a stab and say Arizona's that team they need a corner they've taken some risks over the years I think um I think this is a move that they make um you know you have Malcolm Butler. He could be on the other side of, of Farley, but, you know, Robert Alford, is he someone you're going to rely on? You know, like, I don't know. So, it, Byron Murphy, I mean, obviously one of those guys has to play nickel, but, like, so I think, I think this makes a lot of sense for them. Number 17, Raiders. They're going to get Elijah Vera Tucker, the, the offensive lineman, right tackle guard. Um, you know, it really didn't make a lot of sense to me when Oakland kind of, you know, they've had such a good line, offensive line for years. They really have. And then this offseason, they kind of just said, well, we're tired of it. Let's get rid of Gabe Jackson. Let's get rid of, rid of Rodney Hudson. Very strange. And, you know, I, I don't get it, but they did it in, uh, I guess they looked at this draft and said, well, it's a deep year for offensive line. Let's get a lot younger. So I'm going to say they start that process here. Um, you know, now that they've, they've gotten rid of all that, those offensive linemen, I wouldn't have done it, but now they have, it makes sense. And, um, you know, to go with Farrah Tucker, you know, someone who can potentially replace Trent Brown, or if they find someone else internally that they like, or find a tackle later in the draft that they like, that's right, so he can play guard, too. He's a versatile guy. I think it makes sense. Uh, number 18, Miami's second pick. They're going to get uh, they're gonna get Jalen Phillips um, as the first pass rusher on the board. That's something Miami needs to tell about their defense. And, you know, he, he went to school down there, so it makes a lot of sense um, that they would look to target him. Um. Number 19, Vikings, after they traded down. They're going to get Quiddy Pay, which I think this is a win for them because, they, again, they need a pass rusher. And I think he's someone who could, I've seen mocked to them at 14. So to dip down here to 19 and get that extra third rounder is a move that makes sense for the Vikings. And, you know, I know they need a left tackle as well. But Mike Zimmer is a defensive-minded coach. I think he's very frustrated by the state of their defense, and um, so I think that I think that's the thing they're going to address first. It's a deep tackle draft as well. My guess is they might even draft multiple tackles. They've got the the third round picks. My guess is maybe they even draft multiple tackles in the third round. Just see which one sticks. Um, you know, I don't know. So that's just my guess. Um, maybe they look at a guy, a free agent, like a like an Alejandro Villanueva who visited Baltimore today. Maybe they look at a guy like him. Maybe they look at a trade for someone like an Orlando Brown. You know, I don't know. But they'll have to figure that out because they're dropping pay. Um, number 20, Bears. They're going to take Tevin Jenkins to tackle. And... Um, to me, this Bears thing is, it's a bit of a desperate situation. Um, 
obviously they sign Andy Dalton as their quarterback. There is some thought that they could trade up. But I don't one, I don't know if ownership is gonna let them do that when they might be getting rid of all these guys in a year. The GM and the coach. I don't know if their ownership is gonna let them do that. And also I think just they have some needs, some places they can upgrade. And I think they want to give Andy Dalton the best shot he can. Whether I'm just, Andy Dalton's a serviceable option at quarterback. I mean, he's not great. You know, he's not terrible. So there, there is a world in which you can kind of piece that thing together. And I don't know what your long-term plan is. You don't, you don't really have one, to be honest. But, you know, for this year, you know, you could piece together and a slightly above 500 season and maybe get the seventh seed again. Like, you could piece that together and maybe you'll keep your jobs. So I think that's the goal here. Is you get a, you know, and, and you protect Dalton by doing this. Um, you, you really help protect Dalton and I think this, this, this makes some sense for them to go this route. Uh, number 21 Colts, um, they're kind of disappointed here because they were hoping, I think, Jenkins would fall. Um, because they need to replace Anthony Casazzo. And that's this is going to be, might be a little high for this player, but it's going to be a need pick, I think, for the Colts. Samuel Cosme, the, right, the, the off of the tackle, um, is going to go here to Indy and... This might be, again, might be a little high, but it's a need pick. Um, I know they could wait until the second round, but, like, it's it's left tackle. And, and I think you've got to protect. You've got to make that investment because Carson Wentz is not somebody who I think you want to let get rattled back there after what happened in the last couple of years in, in Philly. So I think you've got to you've got to make this investment in protecting him. You you, you you invested, you know, a potential, you know, which what could be a, a first rounder next year in, into Wentz. So I don't think you want to, um, I don't think you want to, you know, you, you got to make sure you put him in the position, in the best position to succeed. And um, getting a guy like Cosme could, could help do that. Oh, so yeah, number 22, Titans. They're taking Rashad Bateman at receiver. And this is uh this is about helping to kind of start the bleeding. You know, Tennessee lost a lot of guys in free agency. They lost they cut Adam Humphreys. They lost uh Corey Davis to the Jets. They lost John Smith to New England. Um Really, they lost some guys on defense as well. They cut Malcolm Butler. Um, they added some pass rush help. Bud Dupree is there now, but um, they cut Dennis Kelly, who was the right tackle. Um, after that, Isaiah Wilson flame out. I mean, they really—that's not a team that got better in free agency at all. I think they might have addressed the pass rush, but everything else is worse. Denico Altry as well going there. But, you know, the rest of the team, is, especially the offense, was really what, what kind of drives that team, what drove that team last year. And, you know, 
they, they they had a lot of guys that they could count on, you know. So you're not. Uh, it's going to be hard for them to replace John at tight end. That's just going to be hard to do. So what they're going to look to do here is is sign uh is draft Bateman, and he's going to be the replacement for Davis. So you're at least going to going to get some sort of a secondary target in there to help. AJ Brown. Make sure AJ Brown's not triple teamed every play, every passing play. Um, so Bateman can can step in and you're one to help do that. Uh, number twenty three Jets. They're taking Greg Newsom, the corner. Um, this is again. This is uh, you know you drafted your quarterback right, and you know you might want to get him some tools at some point. You probably will. But you also hired a defensive head coach who's going to want to put his stamp on their defense. And this is a team that needs corners. Wouldn't be surprised, by the way. He's still a free agent. Wouldn't be surprised if, if they made a pitch to Richard Sherman. Because, uh, you know, he's a veteran who could go in there and kind of help us help Salah establish his culture. And his system, you know, within that team. And... Uh, that would make some sense to me. So that would that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, but you know, I'll have them drafting Newsom. They need they need to upgrade a corner, and um, you know they they did sign Corey Davis. They did uh, you know do some stuff on the offense. You've got Mackay Becton there, new left tackle, and um, you do need offensive line, but you know maybe more interior. So I'm gonna have them uh I'm gonna have them drafting do some here. And then maybe they look with their second round or you'll see, but maybe they look to to do something with offense there. So now we've got well, we've got another deal. And this is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers trading down and who else but the Atlanta Falcons moving back in. And the Falcons get aggressive again with their uh, the draft capital they got in exchange for the, the fourth pick. And it's funny, this is essentially when this, you know, comes out. This is going to be for the Falcons essentially, you know, they're going to get essentially two extra first round picks for it. For moving down from 4 to 14, they're going to get two ones. It's just one of them is going to be in this year's draft because of all their maneuvering. And, and one will be next year. So, really well done by the Falcons. Um, and they're going to give up 50, 51, and 148 for this pick. Um, and, and then those picks go to, go to the Steelers. And the Falcons get pick 24. And at pick 24, the Falcons pick pass rusher Aziz Ojolari. Um, you know, you get your corner earlier in J.C. Horn. Now you get your pass rusher in Ojolari. Um, so that pass defense could really turn around fast with, with these moves. You know, that, that defense is going to get a lot better. And, you know, it's certainly a team that can compete for a wild card spot next year. No doubt about it. Um, you know, if they make these moves. Number 25, Jaguars. They're taking uh, safety. 
Javana Moig, I think. I probably butchered that name, but uh, oh well. Um, so top safety in the draft again. Uh, you know, you take your quarterback, and you're gonna want to help him out. But it's, you know, they need they need a safety on defense. They need to do something there, and um, they need to do something to help their defense in the draft. And just looking at their offensive roster, it's like, you know. I don't really know where to help them because Urban Meyer seems fine with their line. And I think it's too early for another for the second tight end. Way too early. You know, you gotta I don't think you wanna go running back here. And you also gotta you have Chenault, Marvin Jones, and Chark at receiver. So I don't know that they need anything. So I'm gonna have them just, you know, getting Moorig here, and you know maybe in the second round, you know, there's more opportunity to help Trevor out. Twenty six Browns, they're taking Zaven Collins, the linebacker. Um, you know, he's a versatile guy. He can do a lot of things for them. He can help their pass rush. You know, he can cover. He can. He can stop the run. Like he can do a lot of stuff. Um, he's a versatile guy, and I think he could really help that second level of their defense. Um, they could also take Owusu uh, Koromori here. He is a uh, you know much lighter and a smaller guy at linebacker, but I have them going Collins just uh, you know maybe because of the concerns with Koromori's size, maybe that pushes him down. But um, so yeah, I don't know. They go Collins. I have them going Collins here. Um, they could also they could also go with Barmore. Now that they've caught Sheldon Richardson, Barmore would not shock me here either. This is a potential pick. Uh, number 27, we've got the Ravens. And they're going to take pass rusher Jason Owe. And this is about, um, you know, they lose Judon. They lose Ngakwe. And this is all about replacing trying to replace that. You know, they signed Tyus Bowser back, but they need more. And this this seems to be an obvious pick. I know a lot of people have them going receiver, but I really don't see it. Like, these are a run-heavy offense. Anyway, they have Marquise Brown. They signed Sammy Watkins. They throw to Mark Andrews a lot. I think they need receiver, but I think they can address in the second or third round of the slot guy and be fine. So that's that's going to be what I have them doing. Um, you'll, you'll see, but I think they've got to look at the defense here. Um, let's see. Number 28. Yep, we're at number 28 now. And we have the uh, we have another trade. So this is Oakland. I mean, why am I saying Oakland? This is the, the Vegas Raiders, and they're gonna come back because they already picked um, Vera Tucker at seventeen. But they're gonna come back in here, and they're gonna trade twenty-eight, or excuse me, they're gonna trade forty-eight. So th this is between the Raiders and the Saints. The Saints are gonna get 48, 79, 80. And 162. 
and the Raiders are going to get 28 and 98. And this is uh, for the Saints again. You're and I should have said this for the Steelers too because the explanation really works for both teams. For both these teams, you're a capped out team. You're in really bad cap. You're in really bad cap, Joe, especially in the Saints case. And so you need to find a way to get more cheap talent on your team to address a lot of these needs. And the best way to do that is to trade down. So that's what I had the Steelers doing, and now that's what I have the Saints doing. So I think that makes sense. And for the Raiders, you had two third-rounders, so you have the flexibility to make a move like this. And this is a player that they liked and that they were going to consider at 17. And so now that he slipped down the board a little bit in um, their pick, which is going to be Jeremiah Ouzu Koromora, the linebacker. Um, now that the Raiders uh, you know, have a chance after he slipped them to move back up and get him, they're going to do that. And, uh, you know, it's a pick out their defense after they addressed O-line earlier. I'm assuming that maybe with that pick 98, they go back to the line, maybe with an interior guy. And then so you've got two linemen and a guy to help their defense. I think that would make some sense for them in this draft. And um, Yeah, so let's uh, let's move on. So we've got number 29, Packers, wide receiver Kadarius Toney. This one's pretty simple. Aaron Rodgers finally gets his first-round receiver. He'll step right in as Devontae Adams, number two. And then some of the... You know, you've got a guy like Valdez Scantling, Valdez Scantling, who's a kind of a big, deep threat on the outside. You know, he's he can be the third guy. He can line up on the outside. Then you got Tony in the slot. I think that's a dynamic that makes some sense. Um, I think Rodgers will like having a guy like that around. So number thirty, we've got uh, the Bills, and they're going to take Gregory Rousseau. You know, this is not a team that has a lot of needs, <laughs> frankly. But, uh, you know, their defensive ends are getting a little bit older. So they could use a... Uh, by taking Rousseau here, they could use uh, a little um, injection, bit of an injection of youth, youth there. And, um, you know, from a longer-term standpoint, they'll be covered. Um, they could also just go best player available, quite frankly. That wouldn't shock me either. Or they could go corner. If there's a corner they like. Um, number 31, Chiefs. I have them taking offensive tackle Liam Eichenberg. I think this is a pretty safe pick. He's a guy who can step right in at left tackle. I don't know that he'll be spectacular, but he'll be a solid right, you know, left tackle for them. Um, this is certainly a neat pick. They've got to protect Mahomes. They cut the both the starting tackles and you know, this is certainly something they need. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, this makes a lot of sense. Um, obviously, there's other tackles they can pick as well. I just have them going Eichenberg. Um, and, yeah, number 32, Tampa. N again, not a team with a lot of needs. They signed all their starters back. So they can, but I think they're gonna, what they're going to do is they're going to look for 2022. Because they they know they're not going to be able to keep all these guys in 2022, it's just not going to be feasible to do it again. Um, 
So you've got a guy like Ndamukong Sue, right? One year contract, age 34. That seems to be a spot that you could touch, especially because this guy has slipped to this point, and we have not seen a guy at this position come off the board at all. And that's the interior defensive line that Christian Marmar. They're going to pick him here. And it's with the idea that in 2022, when they don't sign Namakansu because of cap constraints, you can just plug Barmore right into that spot and keep going. Um, a, lot, a lot of people have Tampa going receiver here. I do think eventually, I don't think anyone's signing Antonio Brown besides them. So I think eventually they're going to get him back on a cheap deal. Um, otherwise, they could go receiver here technically. A lot of people have them going running back here. I don't see that when they've got, you know, when they signed Bernard to go with Jones and Fournette. I don't see that happening. They could go O-line. You can't ever have enough protection for Tom Brady. It is a deep draft there. So, you know, that would make some sense. But in this case, I'm just going to have them go with Barmore. It's a pretty clean break. You let Sue walk in a year and plug this guy in and, and that'll help um, manage your cap a little bit and you know, as you try to keep some other guys so yeah so that's going to be the end of round one I'm just going to kind of go quickly now with, with, with what I have planned in, in round two so uh, 33 is, is Jacksonville again and uh, I do have them taking Travis Etienne here and the running back from Clemson and this is you know you're reuniting Trevor with a college teammate who you know can, can is versatile in the run and pass game he can really be kind of a safety blanket at times for, for, for Trevor make him comfortable and um, you know he's an explosive guy uh, you know you've got Robinson there in the backfield but you know you could use someone to pair with him and, you know, this is a little bit of a luxury pick, maybe, and maybe they have more needs, but, um, you know, they're a team, maybe they trade back into round one and they get Barmore. Maybe they get Barmore at 25 and um, maybe they wait for a safety here. I don't know. So they could, they could do that and they could focus more on defense, but, like, they could go online, too. I know they said their Urban Meyer said he's fine with it, but... They could do that. So I'm just reading through all that stuff. And I think I think Etienne here and stopping his slide makes a lot of sense for the Jags. Um, even if it is a, on the surface a little bit of a luxury pick. You know, making your, 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 your young franchise quarterback comfortable is not a luxury. It's a need. So this helps them do that. 34, Jets, um, interior lineman, Landon Dickerson. They need it. You know, they, they need that position filled. And... He can play any of the three spots, and you got to protect Zach Wilson. So this is where you do that. Um, number 35, Falcons, safety Richie Grant. Third defensive pick here for them so far, and you know, this, this is another big upgrade. They need a safety. They lose Keanu Neal in the offseason. It's a position that they really need help at, and he can, he can fill in there. Number 36, Dolphins. Um, running back Najee Harris. This is a slam dunk pick for them. They can't believe he's fallen this far. Um, 
they were honestly considering him at 18. They were considering potentially moving back in for him. I mean, this is, they need a running back. They need someone to carry the load in the backfield. And this is, uh, they are very fortunate to have Harris slip to them here. Uh, 37 Eagles uh, cornerback Asante St. Jr. 13 years after signing his father, they draft his they, they draft Samuel Jr. and plug him into the corner where they have a need. Uh, 38 Bengals. Um, this is Jalen Mayfield, the offensive line. And this is, again, um, they select Chase earlier. So they are obviously going to go line here. And you uh, select the versatile guy. He can play tack. He could move out to tackle eventually. But you're going to start him off a guard and... Um, That'll help protect Joe Burrow. 39 Panthers. Um, they're going to take wide receiver Terrace Marshall. Um, you know, again, you're helping out Darnold, trying to evaluate him this year. And, um, you know, they lose Curtis Samuel, so they could use another receiver. And, you know, it's a little bit of a different type of guy. But um, I was reading that their red zone production last year wasn't really. Uh, that great and some of it was on the quarterback but it was on the receivers as well and so they don't really have much of a tight end on their roster so i think drafting a guy like you know marshall he's a different type of player than samuel for sure but you add him as your third guy at receiver and um that could really help your offense it's it, it's a value pick as well um marshall's a guy who could easily go at the end of round one So we've got number 40 Broncos. They're going to take offensive lineman Alex Leatherwood. Um, this is a potential right tackle long term. He could play guard if the need is more there, but this is a potential long term right tackle to uh, replace Jawan James. So, yeah, and, and again, you're adding protection for whoever's the quarterback. Um, Number 41, Lions, linebacker Jamie Davis. Again, it's a value pick. He could have gone at the end of round one and slipped to here. And, um, you know, you add a leader to the middle of your defense. And, you know, as you kind of start this rebuild, I think this is a good pick for them. Um, number 42, Giants. They take pass rusher Joe Tryon. Again, first round, you know, uh, the need didn't really match the value on the board there. So they fill the offensive line need first. So, you know, they're obviously going to come back and, and target the pass rush. I think this makes sense for them, to, you know, to get tried. Number 43, 49ers. They're going to take cornerback Elijah Molden. Um, Sherman's a free agent. Um, Jason Verrett is extremely injury prone. The other two options they have there are, you know, Kawan Williams is an okay slot guy, but, um, you know, they could they, they could just use another corner, and so Molden could give them that. You know, it's a team that surprisingly I'm surprised at how few needs they have considering what their record was last year. I mean, this is a team that could be pretty well positioned to be a sleeper this year. I mean, they did make the Super Bowl two years ago. A lot of those players are still on the team. So, 
they they could also go offense here is uh you know they try to start building around whoever they draft quarterback wise at three that's certainly in play as well so i'm gonna pause right here and i'll stop the segment and we're gonna come back in uh with another segment okay we're back and uh let's see where i was uh, yeah i was on the 49ers so yeah i have them taking elijah molden at number 43 and uh yeah, number 44 cowboys edge carlos basham his nickname is boogie and um you know he can he's a player you know you get your corner um in the first round you need pass rush as well. They need somebody opposite Demarcus Lawrence and to help make that defense better. And Basham could be that. So uh, all of a sudden, after these first two picks, that Dallas defense looking a little bit better than the last year. Um, number forty-five, we've got Jacksonville um, again on the clock. They're happy here because Pat Fryermuth, the tight end, is still on the board. Tight end's a big need for them. Um, and again, this is a clear position where, you know, you need to get a guy, I think, to help Trevor Lawrence out. Um, tight end is the best friend of a young quarterback, and you want to make sure that, that Lawrence has that necessary safety blanket underneath. So this, this is a, a big-time need pick for the Jags, and, and they got to be thrilled about they got to be thrilled that, well, that he's just still there on the board. Um, I think Carolina, for him, it... Um, was it 39? Definitely a possibility. So, big, big time uh, pick by Jacksonville. 46, uh, Patriots. I've got them picking cornerback Eric Stokes. And this pick is, I, I was reading up on him a little bit, and there's some comparisons between him and J.C. Jackson. And I don't think J.C. Jackson is going to be in New England for the long term. I think... They see him as a very, very good number two corner who is really good when he's playing off a stud number one like Gilmore. And when he can make plays on the ball, he was great at, you know, doing that last year. Nine picks. Um, he had a really good season that way. But I don't think they're going to see him as a guy they want to commit number one corner money to on top of Gilmore. So I think there's a good chance he either walks in free agency or gets traded. And so given that, it makes sense for the Patriots to look for a replacement who can play, maybe play in a similar way. And that seems like, a, you know, obviously he's not going to be as good right away, but maybe he can develop it to that. And that sounds like Stokes. So, um... Again, the Patriots, um, you know, they don't really have a lot of 2021 needs. Um, you know, they probably, they traded Harry at, at this point, so they probably need another receiver. Um, other than that, you're mainly looking at 2022 needs, which are, you know, potentially tackle, you know, corner is a big one, and maybe receiver. Well, receiver, I already said. What am I saying? <laughs> I mean, maybe you need another receiver if you don't think that, that Aguilar and Bourne are going to be long-term fits. But, you know, you could look at linebacker there, maybe. You could look at safety there, maybe. I mean, 
you know, obviously with, with McCordy. You know, so there's some there's some things, but I think corner is, you know, a clear defensive position that featured value in their defense. They consistently draft them highly. And they hit on they they work on hitting on, on undrafted guys. Um, you know, Jackson was an undrafted hit, Malcolm Butler's an undrafted hit. So yeah, I think Joseph here makes or excuse me, I think Eric Stokes here I suppose my next pick. I think Eric Stokes here to, to New England makes a lot of sense. Um, number forty-seven, we got the Chargers. Uh, we've got corner Kelvin Joseph. Um, they cut Casey Hayward. They need corners to execute uh, new coach Brandon Staley's scheme, so they add Joseph. Um, number forty-eight, Saints. They're taking Levi Onuzirike as their first pick, the defensive tackle. Um, you know they trade Malcolm Brown. They could use some help on the inside and. Um, they're going to grab him here. Number 49, Cardinals. We've got linebacker Nick Bolton. Um, potential future replacement for Jordan Hicks. Um, you know, another piece, young piece to add to that defense that, that might need some help, and I think that makes uh, some sense for them. Um, now we've got an interesting part because the Steelers are going to have back-to-back picks. With their first pick, they're going to take running back Javante Williams at 50. Um Benny Snell's not getting it done at running back, so you need you need a guy who can um, really run that show in the Steelers' backfield, and um, Williams is you know a good pick for that. Um, Steelers have a lot of needs; they're probably not going to be able to fill them all, but you know you can at least uh, you know fill some of them, and they do that with Williams. Um, Another need for the Steelers at 51, they're going to take tackle Brady Christensen. Um, seems like a, a solid pick, um, you know, who can play. You know, he might be better at right tackle, but given the need, he might get a shot at left tackle. And, um, you know, he's someone who, who could develop into a starter for the Steelers. Which they need with, with Andre Villa. Uh, with Bill and Aueva still in free agency um, unsigned you know they need a young tackle to to come in and play and um, you know open up lanes in the running game and protect Roethlisberger for his last year so yeah number 52 Chicago um, I don't know how this player slipped this far I thought he was going to go higher than this but Elijah Moore the receiver Anthony Miller's falling out of favor You've got Mooney, you've got Allen Robinson, but, you know, again, you want to give Andy Dalton the third guy just so that he has all the tools he needs to try to lead the Bears to the playoffs so that, you know, as they the, the GM that goes there desperately try to save their jobs. So that, uh, that makes sense for them. And given that, we've got another trade. And that is the Patriots are going to send J.C. Jackson to the Bears for their 2022 second rounder. Um, you know, once the Bears decide to go with more here, they agree to this trade. Um, Stoke, then that would mean that Eric Stokes steps right in for Jackson for the Patriots. You know, directly onto the is a replacement on the roster. And for um, the Bears, they had a needed corner. Um they're not going to fill here in the draft. 
in the first two rounds. And again, given the desperation, I don't think they'd be allowed to trade a 2022 first rounder necessarily. But, um, you know, with a lower pick, it could make, you know, they could, you know, be allowed to do that by their ownership. And um, so getting a guy like Jackson, a low cap number this year, $3 million, you know, you can easily slide him in and um, and and make this move and get a proven guy, a proven young guy, to help your your second your secondary. The question would be, you know, obviously keeping him, but they're not worried about that. They're worried about winning the season, right? So then that's where you're willing to trade the 2022 pick for him. And for the Patriots, this is you move him, you move now because. You traded your first in 2022. You're going to have more needs on the roster in 2022 than you do in 2021. You're not going to be able to keep Jackson and Gilmore. I mean, so you might as well just, just do this now. And, and you really need, you don't have a first or a fifth in 2022. So you need the capital, I think. And you're not going to get any comp picks either just because of all the free agents you signed. So I think if you're the Patriots, you need... To, to make this move to really... I know it's going to make your team worse this season. But from a longer term standpoint, it will place you in a better position. But at least now next year, you can go into the draft with two second rounders to address needs. Um, so number 53, the Titans are going to take uh, Dylan Reduns, the right tackle. Might be able to play guard as well. But he's going to be, essentially, they're drafting him to fill what they wanted Isaiah Wilson to do when Isaiah Wilson, you know, busted. So, you know, be that replacement for Jack Conklin, who left. Uh, 54 Colts, Joseph Asai, pass rusher. Um, you know, they need some help for the defense there. Justin Houston, I'm not, I don't, I'm pretty sure he's still inside. So, I mean, either way, you know, I had some young pass rush to their defense. And, um, yeah, 55 Steelers, um, corner Tyson, cornerback Tyson Campbell. Um, they cut Steven Nelson, no replacement, and it's a very important position. And uh, they're going to take Campbell here to, to help fill that. Uh, we've got another trade. And this is kind of an obvious one because I think with uh, with Seattle only having three picks in the entire draft, I think them moving out of 56 is a very, very obvious call. So the only question is what team they're going to do with. And the answer is, is the New Orleans Saints. Um, I think there's other candidates as well. I think Minnesota with their three-thirds has to be a prime candidate to hop in the, into the spot. Um, but I'm going to have I'm going to have the Saints doing it and they're going to give up 79, 105 and 215 and 218 to Seattle for pick in exchange for pick 56. And with this pick the Saints are going to pick number 56 overall. They're going to get quarterback Davis Mills. The first second tier quarterback off the board. Um, you know, they're gonna try to develop him behind 
Jam probably Jameis Winston's the starter this year, and then Taysom Hill's the game day backup, and you know does you know does all the stuff they do in his role, and um, yeah, that would be that would be my guess, and then maybe Mills is your guy if if you like the way he's progressing, maybe. Mills is your guy in 2022. Um, he does seem to have, um, you know, he, he does seem like he's going to beat the sixth quarterback off the board. The question is when. Um, so the Saints get him here. 57 Rams center Creed Humphrey. Um, Rams are, are, you know, they're looking for a guy to anchor their offensive line and, um, you know, it, it's a good value pick. Humphrey slid a little bit, I think, from where maybe he was expecting to go. But, you know, center is a position that you can find later in the draft. And between that and the, and the depth here and, and, the, and the offensive line depth, I think that's all worked against him here. And Rams are happy to get him here. Pick 58, Ravens are going to take wide receiver Rondale Moore. He's little, but he is explosive. And he's a guy that they can really do some interesting stuff with um, the incorporating their offense along with Lamar Jackson there. So, um, you know, he probably won't be a full-time guy for them, but, you know, he's a guy who who can work behind Watkins, Sammy Watkins and Marquise Brown and really be just that another explosive option in their passing game. 59, uh, we've got the Browns, and they're going to take uh, defensive tackle Davion Nixon. They cut Sheldon Richardson to make room for Jadeveon County, and that tells me that they need, you know, it's a weak class, but they're going to need to do something at defensive tackle. So they like Nixon the best of who's on the board, and that's who they're going to go with. Um, number 60, we've got the Saints again, and they're going to take cornerback Afitu Melifonwu. Um, they cut Janoris Jenkins, and this is the replacement for him, essentially. Um, 61, Bills, cornerback Aaron Robinson. Um, again, you can, you know, they could possibly upgrade over um, Levi Wallace in their secondary. Um, I, I think I got his name right. Yeah, I don't know, but they, they could upgrade in the, in the, uh, in the secondary there, but um, you know you can never have enough defensive backs, especially you know if you're the Bills, you're thinking about matchups with Kansas City and you know stopping the pass there. So it's just it's just something that you can never have enough of, and um, that makes sense for them to do this. Um, number sixty-two, Green Bay, um, center Quinn Myers. Um, this is. Again, replacement for Corey Lindsley. Left in free agency, they, they need to replace him. And um, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a lot happier with this draft than he was with the last one. Uh, two, two rookie starters to come right in and help that offense. 63, uh, Chiefs wide receiver Amari Rodgers. So they've got Kelsey and Tyreek Hill as just elite game-changing receivers. But... Can you really count on their other options in the passing game? I mean, McCole Hardman's an explosive guy. You know, he's someone who 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 you can count on, I think, a little bit. Um, Demarcus Robinson, maybe. 
Maybe. Byron Pringle? I mean, it does start to get a little shallow. More than you expect. I mean, given how great Patrick Mahomes is. And they did lose Sammy Watkins. So I could definitely see uh, the Chiefs dipping into this deep receiver class here and you know, trying to get a slot guy and kind of play the slot. Maybe you've got Hardman and uh, and Tyreek Hill, of course, as your starters. But then maybe you've got a guy like Amari Rogers to come in and play the slot for you. I think that could make some sense. Um, you know, you've got to make sure that Patrick Mahomes has weapons. You've got to make sure he's protected. But you've also got to make sure he has weapons. And, and, and speaking of protection, would not shock me if they double-dipped the tackle and, and just took two of them. Um, so yeah, that's this and the last pick of, of, well, yeah, it's the last pick of the the second round. I'll, I'll I'll go on with a couple more picks, but, um, just with the Patriots, because I'm a Patriots fan. So, um, we've got Tampa at number 64 and they're gonna, you know, basically they don't have many knees. So they're going to take Kellen Mond, the quarterback. And Tom Brady might not love this pick, but I don't believe they've re-signed Blaine Gabbert yet. And this just seems like, you know, there's not even going to be that many roster spots available for them. And this just seems like a move that, you know, they can take Mond. He's the backup. He can learn from Tom Brady. Maybe he can beat replace Tom Brady. Maybe he can be a trade asset down the line. There's a lot of different things that you can do with a guy like... I mean, it's not like, you know, that roster is just going to... They're obviously going to have to let guys go for cap concerns, but... It's not like, you know, guys like Devin White and um, all the other young cornerstones they have are just going to just all of a sudden not be there when Tom Brady retires. So you try to keep keep the train rolling a little bit. You know, with a guy like Mond. Obviously, your priority is to win the next two years with Brady. But, you know, this Mond move is a look kind of beyond that. So, just some notable other picks. Um, I think, uh, you know, as far as where the other quarterback is going to go, I've got him going to the Steelers at 80, pick 87. Um, you know, they need they need to think about life after Roethlisberger, and um, Trask is another big guy, and, you know, he could make some sense there. I, I, I almost had the Steelers going quarterback in round two, but... Given what the other needs were, I couldn't justify it. And even still, um, you know, they need a center at some point, but they could do center in the fourth round. So, yeah. Um, and then as far as the Patriots draft, let me let me kind of go through what I have for the Patriots here. So, I have the Patriots trading, um, trading up. They're going to get 88 and 141, and they're going to give up 120, 122. 177 and 188. So this is essentially the Patriots are not going to have roster spots for 10 rookies or nine rookies or whatever it was. So this is the consolidation move. 
and they're going to trade up and get a guy they like, and that's going to be a number 88 wide receiver, Dwayne Eskridge. Um, again, I haven't mocked all this out, but this is just a guy that I think could be there and make sense for them. Um, you know, Eskridge is a guy who could contribute out of the slot. He's explosive. You know, he could play a little special teams. You know, he could really fit in well as the fourth receiver on game days, which is basically what Nikhil Harry's projected as right now. Um, I think Eskridge is a better fit for that kind of a thing than, than Harry would be. So you trade Harry, and you get Eskridge. It makes sense to me. Um, so then you've got pick 96. I've got offensive tackle Spencer Brown going. Um, again, 2022 needs, and um, neither Trent Brown or Isaiah Wynn are signed for 2022. So... Um, if you're not going to keep both of those guys, you got to plug, you know, plug that spot, probably right tackle. Or maybe guard if you want to or wanted to play right tackle. And so I've just got Spencer Brown as an interesting, you know, potential piece that could, maybe he develops into something. Uh, pick 141. I've got running back slash wide receiver Demetric Felton. Um, this is an interesting guy. Um, he was a receiver, I believe, for most of his college career. But in the NFL, he projects to kind of a, a third down back type. And I think there's a plan in place here. He's redshirted for a year. Um, you know, he'll learn from James White. He'll learn the nuances of being a third down back in the NFL. And the next year when James White is a free agent again, you plug in Felton. So I think getting a young guy here, um, like they've done so many times before, makes some sense. Um, and then we're getting to the end here. Pick 197. I've got them taking wide receiver Connor Weddington. This is just a shot in the dark, <laughs> honestly. But, you know, Weddington is a guy. Maybe he could can compete with uh, Gunnar Oshevsky for the fifth receiver spot on the roster. I don't only think they're going to keep five. With, with the emphasis on tight ends, but, um, you know, maybe he could compete for that spot at a little competition. And then 242, I've got a special teamer, Christian Uphoff. We know Belichick loves the special teamers, and, you know, he could come in and be a younger option to compete with Justin Bethel and, you know, learn from Matthew Slater and, um, you know, maybe, maybe take over that Matthew Slater spot on the roster someday. Who knows? So, yeah, I think that's going to be it. I think that's all I've got here. Thanks very much for listening. And uh, this was episode 7 of the Cloud Chat Podcast. We'll be back hopefully later this week. If not later this week, then certainly next week. And um, more draft coverage along with more uh, NBA discussion. So thanks for listening.